One of the most famous verses oh, yeah. out there is by far John 3.16. It's timeless. It is three times in John 3. It talks about believing for everlasting life. So just like the serpent was raised up in the wilderness and Moses said, look at it. If people didn't look at it, they weren't healed. That picture is a very small yeah. story in the whole of the Old Testament. Yeah. And this is the very thing that Jesus points out yeah. is like, this is what has to happen to the Son of Man. I'm Chuck Tate, and here at Fellowship of Believers, we encourage families, strengthen marriages, and edify the body of Christ. I'm Larry Grimm. We also promote biblical doctrine in a fun and engaging way. And I'm Sarah, and if it's Christian, we're talking about it. This is the Mike Charleston Show. All right, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of the Mike Charleston Show. And uh, we don't have the hand clapping, but uh, the weather out here... Wonderful. It felt like someone turned on the air. It's actually 96 degrees out. Yeah. yeah. Hey, this cool. morning was cool. Hannah walked uh, out to go to see? work and she came back in and she was like, you have to feel outside. It's cool. It and it cool. was. So yeah, it has been I extremely did, I hot disagree. here. I don't think it was cool. <gasps> wow. Seriously? It was cooler. It was not as hot. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay, but wow. it felt cool, which just shows well, how yeah. hot it's been. It's so been we dry. had Abby and Jeremiah over last night. We actually were able to sit outside for half an hour or so and just mm -hmm. talk. So yeah, that was that's the first time in months to be able to sit outside and wow. you just don't sweat. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's been so dry. Yeah. Very dry. Right, right. Very, very dry. dry. Well, you're, you're about to lose your pond. If we are. Yeah. <laughs> well, this week, guys, we are. Uh, we're talking about John chapter three, That's and what we're talking and, about. and it's like so. Last week at church, we were talking about our favorite verses, favorite yeah. chapters, mm -hmm. and uh, I forget what everybody was saying. Um, uh, James chapter one was like James one chapter of your, one. Yeah, I'm kind of hot. I like James one, right? And I forget uh, Hebrews or no, Sarah's Hebrews right. chapter eleven. Hebrews eleven. But what did you yeah. say? It was like your favorite. I didn't have a favorite chapter. Oh, you okay. asked about his favorite verse. I said Galatians. 220. Yeah, that's a good one. That's uh, that's a good one. You know, so we all have these favorite verses. Well, one of the most famous verses oh, yeah. out there is by far John 316. 16, you yes. know, everyone knows it. Even sinners out there, they know John 316. The, the sports. Yes. You see it, the yeah. guy holding yeah. up the sign. John 316. <laughs> but you know, as we were we've been going uh, you know, there's a reason why it's a Famous verse, right? Yeah. It's a very powerful verse. Right. In fact, we were uh, studying John. And, and so it's been a while since I have studied John. I've uh, been busy studying a bunch of other things. And then uh, because of the Bible Bee, right. we decided, hey, let's, as a group, let's oh, study yeah. the book of John. And so we, we made it through, we're on chapter seven tonight. Yes. But three. chapter three was very fascinating. Yeah. Actually, the chapter, all of it's been very fascinating. Yeah. Uh, but I thought, well, hey, why don't we go ahead and cover one of the more famous verses in Scripture and one of the more popular chapters, or at yeah. least segments of the chapter? Yeah. And uh, because this is a very interesting chapter, the, the, the whole, uh, there's a lot in this chapter. So I figured, let's go ahead, let's talk about chapter three. So that's what we're going to do today. You yeah. know, uh, last week we talked about uh, chapter three. Three and Colossians, and amongst other things. So we're not necessarily going to be starting talking about chapters of the Bible, but you know, wait, wait. We're going to cover you know? all the chapter threes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Next is Romans chapter three. 
So, so chapter three, it starts out with the uh, the conversation between Nicodemus and, and Jesus, and Nicodemus comes to to him by night. And uh, so, what do we know about Nicodemus? Yeah, Nicodemus. So he's in the Bible what three times? That I we think know so, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. Here's an interesting thing. So Nicodemus, in the Greek, his name, Nico. Does that remind you of anything? The Nicolaitans? Yeah, yeah, the Nicolaitans. Yeah. Right. So his name means conqueror, oh, uh, conqueror yeah. and Nicodemus. Uh, but anyway, I'm sure that didn't have anything to do with his life or anything. But, but he was a he was a Pharisee, and uh, which we were talking about just before the show, that the Pharisees had only been around for, what, 160-some years? Yeah, 200 about, years? maybe a little longer. Yeah, somewhere right. around there, but By not the time Jesus comes on the scene, maybe 200 years. Yeah. And so they weren't a long, uh, around that long, and they were usually these wealthier businessmen that were studying scriptures, and they became a sect of people. They were very right. fundamentalist. I mean, the, yeah. the, the word Pharisee means uh, separatist, you know, yeah. to, to purify themselves from all the others. And uh, so Nicodemus is part of this sect, and he um, comes to Jesus in secret, so he's... He's curious, mm-hmm. but he, he doesn't want to do it out in the open. Right, yeah. yeah. It's kind of interesting. goes at night. Sets right. up a meeting at night. Right. So he shows up later in actually chapter 7 where he defends Jesus because they're talking about killing him. And he's like, right. hey, uh, the law says, guys, yeah. we got to, you know, so he's trying not to kill Jesus here. And then after, after they killed him, uh, spoiler, he um, shows up with Joseph of Arimathea and takes the body to be buried. So Nicodemus is one of those uh, interesting characters in the Bible that he's not in there that much. But if you know John 3, that's the whole point of the first half is this conversation with Nicodemus. And so that's who Nicodemus is. Do you have any thoughts on Nicodemus? No, I just, other than, like you said, he's one of the Pharisees, a leader, and just the fact that he... Wanted to be at night. He didn't want to be seen. He, right. But then later you see that he does stand up. And yeah, he, he does. He, he does right. distinguish right. himself in that way. Yes, he does. Yeah. But, yeah, the book of John is an amazing book. It's an, If you look at it doctrinally, the, the from Matthew to John, there's a transition because Matthew is, is really heavily Jewish. Heavy law. And heavy, heavy law, Jewish, heavy right. Jewish. By the time you get to John, it's more belief. Right. And faith. And so there's that transition happening. Oh, it's heavy, heavy on belief. Right. So, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, so Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. He sets up the meeting and he starts talking to him. He says, he, obviously, he's been following what Jesus is doing. Yeah. He's kind of been seeing what's going on. He asked him, you know, uh, you know what's going on? What are you, what are you teaching? Because you know, obviously, you are come from God. The yeah. people, what you're doing can't be uh, someone right. that's not not come from God. Right. So that's kind of sets the stage for him. And then, as we were talking a minute ago, yeah. Jesus just kind of okay. Well, let's get into it. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't. He doesn't even really like you're saying. It seems like he doesn't address the question, right. even though I think he does in a way. But he just gets right to the heart of the matter. And you know, I, I don't. Some people say that Nicodemus wasn't very um, sincere and just like kissing up to him in some way, and we know being sarcastic in a way. And I'm like, I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, because he's coming at night. I think he really does believe that Jesus is come from God, but he's got some questions, well, and, and rightly so. Yeah, and I think the sentiment of the day was the the Jews, the, especially the Pharisees, they were looking for that Messiah yes, to come, right? And some of them have, they kind of abandoned that. And that was sort of the message that John the Baptist, when he said, repent. Yep. Um, That was what they were to repent of. Repent of your unbelief and your Messiah. And so Nicodemus, 
I think had some of that belief. He was looking and he wanted to know, are you it? Are right. you that yeah. Messiah? I agree. Yeah, because so. he's what he saw, what he has seen, right? You know, is like only someone from God could do this. So, you know, are you going to bring in that kingdom of God? And that seems like that's the question he's going towards. And that's when Jesus just jumps right into it and is like, okay, yep, you, you noticed that I've done these things and only someone from God. That's good. Right. That's great. But guess what? What you're about to see yes. and what you, you cannot see unless you're born again is the kingdom of God. You, yeah. you cannot see. So what I'm doing here is healing and doing all these works. Everyone can see that. But what you can't see and what you can't be a part of is the kingdom of God unless you're born again, right. which had to just throw him completely oh, off. Well, his response to that shows. Yeah. yeah. He's like, hey, what are you talking about? Huh? Right. <laughs> right. Well, let's go ahead and see John 3, 3, 3, 5 to actually see the scripture, what the scripture says. Yeah. It says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Yeah, so I mean, he gets right to it. And yeah. and, and I think Nicodemus is here to, like, He's he's given the response that we would. Like, this is a new concept. It's right. not like yeah. it's right. in the Old Testament. I know I was reading some commentaries and all that, and they were like, well, he's referring back to Ezekiel. And I'm like, eh, you know, I'll give you a new heart. I'll replace your stony heart with the, the heart of flesh and all that. And I'm like, okay, that's very... Maybe stretching it. Right, but born again is a new concept that right. you have to be born again. And, and and so Nicodemus goes to the natural, right. which Jesus is going to talk about later. And he's like, well, I, I don't understand, man. I'm old. How can you... What, what are we doing? That ain't happening. Right. So what are you talking about? And so then Jesus doubles down and is like, look, here it is. You, you, verily, very I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So now here's where it gets a little interesting, right? Born of water... And born of the Spirit. Right. So I was asking everybody, you know, what is born of water? Well, they've been living in my house for I don't know how many years, so they, they kind of, <laughs> they knew where I was getting at. But when you when you think of it, born of water, a lot of the things I was reading is very spiritual. And they they went back to Ezekiel with the the, the waters coming out of the temple. And, and Ezekiel 47, 37, I think it is. And um, uh, where the, the waters are coming out, the, the picture of the Holy Spirit, basically. Right. And I'm like, hmm. But but what his response to the next verse makes it sound like flesh, earthly, um, carnal, as opposed to the spiritual sure. mind. You know, right, yeah. so it sounds like born of water, and and it's not baptism. I know that, right. and which is what some people they do say. Yeah. Yeah. Too. I was going to yeah. say that. Yeah, that is one of the things. But in my my belief, and I think your guys's understanding is that it's the human birth, right? You know, born in water. But not only that. You have to be born of the Spirit. So the first one, you have to be born of water. And you have to be born. But that's well, yeah. earthly. That's fleshly. Yeah. But you have to be born of the Spirit. Yeah. And that is the big key right there. Well, we know because when a woman goes into labor, what do they say? Her water breaks. Her water breaks. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so, <laughs> so we're in water. And, and so we've been passed through. And so we're born through that. We're born in water. But that's it. You know, then we're, we, we can die on our sins. Right. But... 
but we have to be born of the Spirit also, yes. and and that's being born again. And they, he just was like, Nicodemus couldn't get it. He doesn't understand it. So that's where we are. Well, that's what I was saying, like Sunday when I brought this up was that we can understand that now because we have the revelation given to yeah, Paul. we're in the future. We're in the right. future. Right. At that time, these were new concepts. The whole concept of, like you said, being born again was brand new. He had right. no idea what that meant. And so mm-hmm. it wasn't until later that right. it was like, oh, that makes sense now. Well, <laughs> so, the, I know a lot of people aren't big fans of The Chosen and all that, but I think they hit this portion out of the park. Yeah, it was a great scene. Yeah, I mean, Nicodemus is there going back and forth, and yeah, they change some of the conversation a little bit, but I don't think they do any harm. And then even they cut away to James and John, or Peter and John right. outside, so they're listening, yeah. right. and they exactly say, have you ever heard of something like this? Yeah. And he's like, quiet. I'm listening to this. And and so it is new. It's a, it, it shouldn't be new, but it is new. Like, that was what we were talking about, Sarah and I, was like, in the Old Testament, is there any hint to being born again? Um, to the serpent that they're going to be talking about. I mean, there's a mention of it, but they don't explain it. Right. You know, it's just, it doesn't explain until later here in John 3. So it's like, where are these concepts? Because he does, Jesus rebukes him for, you're a, you're a teacher. Yeah. Hey, you don't know these things? You don't know right. these things. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, okay. well are, were we missing something? <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's, uh, is it pretty clear? I mean, we're in the future, so we can go back looking for it. Right. But in the time, you know, you're, you're, you're looking forward, kind of like we're looking forward to the coming of Jesus, and we have a pretty good guess, but Maybe. it might not look. Yeah. yeah, it may not look what we think, and yeah. and so I do give these people a little bit of a break. Yeah, um, but Jesus expects them to to know yeah. this and kind of rebukes him. I don't think harshly. Um, and this is the other thing about the Pharisees. I want to want to say, you know, he rebukes the Pharisees very harshly at yeah. times. Yeah. And he's not anti-Pharisee. In fact, he sits down, has a one-on-one personal conversation, which he doesn't really do that much in the Bible and uh, that we know. I mean, he right. probably did have one-on-one right. conversations, but not recorded like this. And it's a, it's a teacher of the law. It's a Pharisee. And, yeah. and so he spent time with them and explained something to him because he came with a humble heart. He wasn't haughty and saying, I don't need you. And and those are the people he received. The ones that were arrogant and said they don't need a doctor, they don't yeah. need help, whatever, is the ones that he rebuked. Um, so this Pharisee, I think he did receive. And, and even though there was a lot of questions and it seemed like he rebuked him here, I don't think he rebuked him in the same way as some of the other Pharisees. Right. Well, there's a difference between having asking questions to learn right. versus asking questions to criticize. Or to trick. Or to trick. trick. Yeah, right. try to sell up. Just a yeah. little. Try to trick yeah. them. So we see born again twice in the scripture, right? Yes. So the second one is in First Peter one twenty three. It is. Yeah. It says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Yeah, because we were looking up that term, born again, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it does show up in Peter. That's right. And uh, and, and it's it's a perfect picture. You know, so being born again, that, that you know, what does that mean? You know, being born again. And I know a lot of people mess with this and like, what does it mean to be born again? And then they... They almost turn like being born again into a work, almost like they, they, the way they describe it, and it gets so convoluted. And well, I think it's a simple. I think it was meant to be a simple picture. When you right. think of birth, 
And you think of how a baby survives in the womb and it's just completely different once they're born, then they come out and they are breathing air and they have to right. eventually live on their own. And so right. it's like a, just a completely different way of living, which right. is the same with when you're born again. It's like we, we live a different life and then we're born again, born of the spirit and right. it's a whole different way of living. Well, And you mentioned that people turn it into a work, which they do, but you think about it. How much effort did you put into when you were born? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Exactly. My mom did, but yeah, somebody else did the work for <laughs> yes, you. Right. And that's yeah. the picture is Jesus yeah. did the work for us. Right. right. Well, that's true. Yeah. Well, and that's the the thing. It's like, well, how, how do you become born again? You know, like this is the this is like the catchphrase that we use, you know, of all the the things that Jesus uses, we don't say go through the door, maybe sometimes. You know, we don't say uh, go to the well, and maybe some people will, or eat his flesh and drink his blood. And we, we use the born again because it is a good picture. Yes, it, yes. It's a, you know, you have to, you're a brand new creature, you know, right. in Christ Jesus, we're a new creature. And being born again, so how do we become this brand new creature? And I think he describes that in John three sixteen. you know, in, in the other verses. It's believing on the Lord Jesus Christ right. and you shall be saved. And once you believe, you are in his kingdom. You yes. are born of the spirit. You're, you are born again. And so this is why I like this passage because it's timeless. It is three times in John 3, I'm pretty sure, it talks about believing for everlasting life. You know, John three fifteen, John three sixteen, and John three thirty six, I believe. And and so those are the three times where he's to believe you shall have having uh, everlasting life. life right? Everlasting yeah, life, yes. exactly. Yeah. And I find that very interesting. And this is before he's died. You know, so he is telling them, hey, this is the program right here. You believe on the Son of God or Son of Man, and uh, you believe on me. You'll have everlasting life. It's, yeah. it's it's a wonderful picture. I think that one of the things that maybe gets glossed over a little bit in the, in the whole in, in the process here is understanding that I'd say it's a process. You have to die. Yes. So you're 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 born of flesh, yep. and then right. you die. Yep. You crucify with Christ. And then you're born again. Yes. Right. So that, sometimes I think that gets missed on point is the fact that, hey, you, you got to die. You're yeah, not the right. same person anymore. You are a new creature and it's all new. Well, that's where Romans is a, as a, it goes into in depth in that, that picture right. basically of our death, burial, and resurrection in Christ. Yes. And uh, Galatians 2.20, right? Right. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless. I live, yet not I, but Christ right. liveth in me. So being crucified with him, like, yes, something had to die, and my flesh had to die, and now the Spirit, I could be born of the Spirit, and that is a good point. Now, Jesus doesn't necessarily get into all that, but with the rest of Scripture, we, we understand what he's saying, that you're born yeah. of the flesh and born of the Spirit. So the flesh, you are earthy. You, you were thinking natural thoughts. You know, Nicodemus is still stuck on the literal, sure. and he's like, I'm speaking those heavenly things. How can you not understand? Right. Yeah. You know? And uh, so it's a, it's a great, great, great picture uh, there in John 3. So let's look at John 3.16. Let's dig into it. Yeah, it's John 3.16. So I, I don't even know if we need to read it, Well, but, but everyone I, knows I it. I think, though, that what you miss, though, when you just read John 3.16 is the lead up when he talks, when he goes back to the story oh, that's of good the point. serpent. Yeah, we wanted to go back to the, the serpent because we, we briefly mentioned that. Yeah. But there is a conversation about the serpent. So. Right. 
uh, he says, as uh, goes up, read, why don't you read? Verse 14 says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. So that is an interesting story. So you go back into the story um, when that happened. You know, it was a bizarre thing that happened too. Right. I mean, Moses is forming a snake on a stick. Right. right. Yeah. Which probably freaked them out. Yeah. Well, they were all being bit, bit by snakes. Right. They were being dying. bitten by snakes. And so we're in the future. So we can see all the types and shadows because we're here in, right. in the future. We understand that, hey, this snake being representation of sin, they're being bitten by sin and they're dying. And he lifts up the snake. On on uh, a stick here, and all you had to do was look on it to be healed. Yeah. And um, I guess the indication maybe to believe. I guess you wouldn't look at it if you didn't believe it, right? But yeah. the um, and then you were healed. That picture is a very small yeah. story in the whole of the Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the very thing that Jesus points out yeah. is yeah. like this is what has to happen to the Son of Man. And you know Nicodemus is probably like. Okay, the story of, okay, that was a rebellion, and they were being bitten by snakes, and then the snake got lifted up, and they were all... What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, how does that Right, yeah. right. Now, we're in the future, so we, we can look back and go, oh, that makes perfect sense. But let's talk about that. So, the snakes being represented because of the rebellion yeah. that we're in, yeah. biting them, so now they have this infection, the They're, sin. Yeah. And... Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us. So that's the representation of the snake on the the, the cross, right? You know, and it was, it was made out of bronze, right? If yes. I remember correctly, yes. and bronze is a symbol of judgment. Absolutely, that's right. right. That's yeah. right. And it was lifted up, and all they had to do was believe what Moses said. Look at this, and you'll be saved. Right. That was it. That's all simple. And that's leading up, right? That's what yeah, you're getting that's at? that's the lead up, which, I mean, I've, you know, growing up in church, you hear sermons about the bronze serpent yep. forever, and I didn't realize till recently that it's just in Numbers 21, that's it, like that's it. Uh, yeah. four, three, four, five verses, it. Yeah. that's it. Yeah. Never anything else until here in John 3, Jesus yeah. brings up the story. It's like, oh, wow, like that's right. pretty amazing which, to lead up to 16. Yeah, that's a great example of what I was saying earlier, how we understand that story based upon the knowledge we have now. And yeah. Because the Israelites, they're probably thinking, "You, how am I going to be healed by looking at this thing on a stick? Yep. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah. But and, that's what happened. Yeah, that's right? what happened. It's, but verse 15 in John 3 says that he he follows it up with, that whosoever believeth in him. So it's a connection with the Israelites looking on that yeah. serpent. Mm-hmm. With yeah. us today, believing yeah, whosoever, yeah, whosoever, and that, that's fascinating. Everyone quotes John three sixteen, but right. John three fifteen is just as powerful. Yes, it is. Right. I mean, it's it's even yeah. more simple, right? Yeah. I mean, John three sixteen gives the reason why, but it still just says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. But then it goes on, for yeah. God so loved the world. Uh, now, we got worked up on the word so, but that's a whole other issue. Because uh, so kind of means um, in this manner, right. not like in amount. But to me, it's, it's, you're, you're, it's still the same meaning, basically. But in this way, how did God love? By giving his son. That's, that's how he loved. But 
did he love it in amount? Well, yes. He wouldn't have given his only son if he didn't love us right. a lot. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it, it's fine. But he, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I mean, that's everyone knows that. Everybody. Yeah. Yep. And that's so true. So just like the serpent was raised up in the wilderness and Mo, uh, yeah, Moses said, Look and you know, look at it, look and you at will. It, yeah. And they had, if people didn't look at it, they weren't healed. They were no. healed. Yeah. And that's where we are today. Like, look at Jesus, believe on Jesus, believe on the Son of Man, and uh, you will be saved. Which that gives me, a, I just thought of this. So, those people, the Israelites, they were dying from the serpent bite. Mm-hmm. If they didn't look, the, the healing was there, the, the yeah. restoration, whatever was there. If they didn't take it, now they're dying because they refused to the healing. Right. Yeah, they're going like, to die anyways. They're going to die anyway. Like us today, the healing's there. Right. Right now, you may be dying from your sins, or the healing's there. If you reject it, then yep. now you're dying because you rejected the healing. Yep. And, yep. Anyway, no. just a thought. That's right. That's good. That's good. Oh, so then we have this. Okay, so Sarah found this, and I, it's going to be hard to do on a podcast. Oh, yeah. And maybe we can do this on the YouTube channel, and and, and so I'm going to try to explain. Yeah, you this. may want to. You may want to. If you listen on the podcast, you may want to pause and, <laughs> right. and wait and go jump yeah. over on the YouTube so you can see it. Because this is kind of cool. It, it I, is cool. I think Chuck Missler got this. I don't know where he got it from, but so on the left hand side, we're going to do John three sixteen. And uh, maybe we'll do it this way. Maybe uh, you can say the verse, and then I'll say the meaning or whatever. Okay. You, you, okay does that make sense? That so she's, she's going to read the verse, and I'll, uh, I think you guys can figure You'll it out. Pick it yeah. Out. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. For God. The greatest being. So. The greatest degree. Loved. The greatest affection. The world. The greatest object of love. That he gave. The greatest act. His only. The greatest treasure. Begotten. The greatest relationship. Son. The greatest gift. That whosoever. The greatest company. Believeth. The greatest trust. In him. The greatest object of faith. Should not perish. The greatest deliverance. But have. The greatest assurance. Everlasting. The greatest promise. Life. The greatest blessing. I yeah. thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's that awesome. Cool. Yeah, I know it's kind of it's kind of cheesy, but it does you know it, it oh. brings it all together, and um, it, it, that's why it is one of the most powerful passages even to this day. I mean, it doesn't get old. No. Uh, there's a reason why it is the most famous of of all uh, verses out there. Yeah. Everyone knows it, right? I was yeah. telling Sarah, you know, the most popular verses when in the world. Or judge not, lest you be judged. Yeah, right. <laughs> and most of the time, they misquote. That. Yes, they do. Uh, for God so loved the world, you know, John three sixteen, and uh, uh, something like uh, Jesus turned water into wine, or something like that. Yeah. You know, those are the, the ones on the streets everyone knows. And uh, but yeah, anyways. So Sarah was like, "Are we going to go all the way down to the end of uh, John 3? And I'm like, "Yes," even though it looks like uh, there's not the rest of it. But I did want to talk about in John three. So right after that, a lot of people don't understand what comes after that. Mm-hmm. So 17, 18, and 19, what does 17 say? Um, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So it gives the reason. So it gave why God did this, but then it? it gave some more reason why, because he did not send the son to condemn the world, as we're going to find out, it was already condemned, right. uh, but he came to save the world. So yeah. this is the reason why Jesus came. Yeah, so verse 18 is what Larry was talking about. Right. 
Go ahead, read it, babe. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And then next verse. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Mm. So this is... And then the next one, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light rather than cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. And now, John talks about dark and light a lot. You know, he, he, he likes yeah. that concept, dark and light, which is good. Um, but this is, this is, our deeds are dark. We love our deeds. This is why we're not getting saved because we love our darkness. And it, it is so sad. And, and I'm like, to get saved, is one of the most humbling, yeah. humiliating things you can do as a human, yes. because you have to you have to come to the the grips that to grip to grasp to, to whatever you have to come to yourself <laughs> and say yeah you have to understand that <laughs> you, you cannot you save <laughs> yourself that your way is not the best way right. that. Um, your deeds are not good enough yeah. to inherit the kingdom of God. Your your works are not good enough. And and so to finally come to the end and say, I'm not good enough. I right. love darkness rather than light, and I need to be right. I need someone to save me. Well, and the humbling. fact that you there's nothing you can't help God in this process. But you can't. Like, yeah. It's like I said, you don't have to do anything to right. be condemned. Right. Yeah. You're yeah. condemned already. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and it shows that maybe some of us didn't have as many dark deeds. Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, but we have. You know, we've done terrible things and uh, we have sinned and we've sinned against God. And that is a terrible thing, no matter if it's a, a little white lie or right. a paperclip, you yeah. know, the, the infamous right. paperclip. Um, <laughs> or if it's murder or, you know, whatever. It's or blaspheme. Well, uh, like you said, I don't remember what podcast it was, what show, but about the degree of yeah. authority. Right. And that's what makes it... That much more yeah. terrible, yeah. right? Because he is a supreme authority Party. that any transgression or sin or breaking of the law against him is even more damaging. Um, so that, that, that was interesting at that, that point in John 3 where the light has come and they refused it. They refused right? the light. They don't like the light. And unfortunately... He's talking to a lot of the religious people at the time, yeah. too, and yeah. that's a shame. Well, the, the light exposes yeah. what's there. Yes. It's not yeah. comfortable. No. You walk into a dark room, can't see a thing, turn on a light, and, oh, yep. I see yeah. it all. Well, yeah. That's what he was yeah. doing to when he came. Well, you ever, you know, you have a white shirt on or something like that, and you think it's pretty clean until you come into a room like this, yeah. right? it's like <laughs> super bright, and you're like, oh, I'm not so clean, and you're kind of embarrassed, and... Uh, that's that. It's a lot worse than that. What was know? that? I think it was Tide commercial back way back when. Yeah. They, they would talk about whiter whites. Yep, yep. Yeah, and, the whiter yeah. whites. Yeah. The whiter whites. <laughs> but that is true. I mean, and religious people are hard to get saved. Yes, because they think they have so, the answer. Yeah, and we so want to demonstrate our worth. Yeah. And and help God out and do something, but and our deeds don't seem that evil, right? Exactly. Yeah. To we're, us, we're right. not that bad. I'm right. not that guy, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. Exactly. And then, you know, so then at, at verse 22, it does kick on to a, a different story. Basically, it moves on to John the Baptist being the forerunner and the pre, uh, preparing the way uh, for Christ, and not to just you know um, uh, ignore that part of it, but I wanted to get here to verse 
uh, well, verse 30, right? He must increase and I must decrease. And as John the Baptist saying, because his ministry was to come before Christ. Right. And at some point, Christ is going to come on the scene. And he's like, nope, once he comes on the scene, I'm out. I'm yeah. done. My, yeah. my ministry is done and he's going to increase. So he needs to increase. Um, a lot of people use that verse, you know, like I need to decrease and he needs to increase. Yeah, uh, that even shouldn't be a question. Like if, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, the I wonder the, what they expected John to say. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Think, I don't think they would have expected that. Like he was just going to be in partnership or something. In partnership, or hey, we're right. You know, he's coming against my ministry because he's going to oh, be better. Right, right, right. right. I don't know what they because they were both baptizing and right. and they were asking like, hey, what about this guy? What about and, this one? and he's like, I can't, I'm not that light. Nope. And already man, told you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> But the last verse is here. So, verse 34, uh, for he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. Okay, then it says, the, the Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things into his hands. And then the last verse, there, go ahead, read it, babe. It says, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So, we've already talked about how Christ did not come in here to condemn the world and, and you, the, the wrath of God shouldn't, there's no excuse why you shouldn't have the wrath of God on you because yeah. he came to save. Yeah. That was the purpose. He came to save and because he loves us. And if you believe on him, you'll have everlasting life. That's the third time. But if you believe not, then you will not have life. You won't yeah, see life. See and and But the wrath of God will abide. So it's already on you. And the wrath of God is already working right. on you. And that's the interesting thing. Some people think, oh, the wrath of God like is futuristic, like when you get judged. No, the wrath of God is on you now right. and is working on you. Yeah. And you just don't see it. You know, but uh, but yeah, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Once again, this is the third time in the chapter yeah. he says this. It's kind of like in Romans 6 when he talks about being dead to sin. Three times it should get our attention. You know, he that believeth uh, on the Son hath everlasting life. It well, seems so simple. And it seems like that the last verse in this chapter is John the Baptist speaking. Oh, you think it's him speaking? Yeah, because if know you go what? back. I never even, uh, never even thought about that. Yeah, because if you go back to... Uh, Verse 27, it says, and John answered and said. Oh, okay. And he just continues that. Yeah, he just keeps yeah. yeah. all the way down. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, he knew. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He knew. Yeah. So. yeah, for sure. Yeah, he absolutely knew. And, but the uh, fact that he understood, I think he understood about the faith aspect of this. Yeah, this is but, the one of those... Uh, you know, me and me and Larry disagree a little bit on some of these issues about um, dispensations and all that. But, but we, you know, we believe in a di certain dispensations. But this one seems to be very timeless. Like the the method that God wanted to get across to the Israelites is: Do you believe me? Like right, at right. the yeah. heart of it, do you yeah. believe me? Yeah. Obey me and stay faithful to me and, and, and trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Yep. And Jesus comes on the scene. And if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Right. You know, and and Paul comes along and his message is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And it's it's yeah. all about Christ yeah. and his promise that uh, that God has made. And once we have that promise, do we believe what he says? And it's a pretty simple thing to do pretty hard to come to that place right but it's it's easy it's, but once you do yeah 
Yeah, it's 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 it changes everything. Everything. Yeah. Everything changes. Everything changes. No, it's and it's free. It's beautiful. It's free yeah. because you no longer have to feel like you have to be good enough, or you have to work or perform, or you can just rest. Yeah, you rest in Him. Yeah. And, and and walk in the Spirit, meaning that He's going to give you the power, right, through the faith that yeah. you have in Him to be able to endure whatever comes your way. Yeah, well, and absolutely. That's going back to being born again, that's the whole aspect of it. Is now you are new. You're yeah. Yeah. when you're born, you're a new person. When you're born yeah. again, you're a new person. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. That's right. So now you are free from sin, as it, Paul talked about in Romans. And you can walk in holiness and righteousness. Right. You now have the ability right. to be able to do the commandments that he's told you to do. Absolutely. Well, you got no excuse not to. Yeah. And when you think about it, when you're born, you're born into a family. If you're born again, you got to be born into a family. Yeah. So you're born yeah. into the family of God. Yes. Absolutely. So yeah, we, we use that term rightly. Right. You know, yeah. it's, uh, I just don't want to make it seem like, you know, I've heard one person say, just because you believe on Jesus doesn't make you born again. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of how you get born again, is believing on him. I understand what they're trying to say because people just say, well, I believe. And it's like, well, that's where it could turn into a work. Right. Well, to prove you're yeah, born exactly. again. Well, I'm here, aren't I? That's, mm-hmm. How do I prove my birth? I don't know. I'm here. Yeah. You know how do I how do I prove that I'm a Christian? Well, I don't need to prove it to anyone. No. Yeah, it's right. that's between me and God, and right. you know my spirit bears witness with His spirit, and I, I think that's what James is for is for me to look at myself and say, am I really doing what I claim to right. do, and am I am I being who I'm supposed to be if I am a Christian? And most of the time, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like. That hey, I believe the promises of God, and His uh, promises aren't burdensome no. or heavy. <laughs> no. All who are heavy laden, yeah, come my yoke is take a, yeah. yeah. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Yes, right. yes. Yeah. And so many Matthew. of the Pharisees were making it hard, hard. Yeah. and uh, the burdens, and we are doing the exact right. same yeah. thing today. And yes, there's some immature Christians out there, and they're, they're making us look like fools sometimes, but it doesn't mean we change the gospel no. just because we have some fools out there. Uh, let the Holy Spirit do His work, right. and uh, He'll change people, and He changes us, yeah, that's and, it. and we acted <laughs> foolish sometimes. <laughs> so, Anyway. John chapter 3, one yeah. of the greatest chapters in the Bible. Absolutely. I, I, w- I would agree. So yeah. go check it out, man. Read John chapter 3, and uh, send us a message on some of the favorite chapters you have uh, some of your favorite verses. We went through that. It was kind of interesting to see different people's oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. favorite verses or favorite chapters, and uh, it's it's kind of interesting. So anyway, any other last thoughts? Oh, I think I'm. That's good. Go check yeah, out Larry's yeah, show too. He's got oh, his second thanks. episode. <laughs> episode that's hopefully coming out. Tomorrow, or well, tomorrow some, doesn't make sense in this oh, world. Oh yeah, that's right. Tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it's out already. But yeah, hopefully yeah. it'll be out soon. So check it out. By the time this is out, it's out. It is, yeah. It's already there. It's already there. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, well, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll get to the next segment here, Joshua. The Mike Charleston Show. 
History with Larry. All right, Larry. You got a history time for us, huh? I did. I almost forgot. Yes, I did. <laughs> I got busy painting. I was looking at history just in case, and yeah. uh, I was like, ah, it's not history time with Larry, but uh, my, my story, you knew. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways. That's an interesting story, too. I might do, we should do that next week. Yeah, that's a that's quick a good one, one, though. That's, yeah, it is, but, but yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. Okay. All righty. This week, is it's about somebody who's really probably not well-known. Some circles he is. But Abraham you probably, Lincoln? No. Okay. <laughs> you probably would never heard of him. Okay. So, but, because you don't like to hike. I do yeah. not. Not really. Hey, I do. Yeah. And what about a long distance hike? Have you ever thought about that? Oh, well, isn't that what a hike is? Yeah. They're like, not all long distance. Like the, you, How do you have a short distance hike? That's like going like to the mailbox mile. is not a hike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the Appalachian Trail. Is that a long distance hike? That is a long, long distance. Yeah. Well, what's a, a short distance hike? It's nearly 2,200 miles. Oh, the wow. whole thing? The whole thing. Whoa, who's dumb enough to do that? Well, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but back in the day, it, the um, most people thought that, that a through hike is where you just go all the way. You don't break it up. Right, right. right. So most people, when they hike the Appalachian Trail now, they'll do sections and then they'll come back the next season or whatever and then hike further. Okay, sure. At the time when it was first open, back in the, I think the uh, late 30s, early 40s, n- people thought it was impossible to do a through hike of the entire trail. At that time, it was only 2,050 miles. It grew. Wow. It did, yeah. Okay. And so people thought 2,050 miles was a lot to hike at one time? Right. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, it kind of is. It's a long, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it is. Okay. <laughs> but our story is not about the Appalachian Trail. Oh. And it's about a man named uh, Earl Sheffer, S H A F F E R. Sheffer, like a pfeffer? Yeah. He was a soldier in World War II. Kind of like related to my family, maybe. Maybe. Sheffler? Sheffler? No, just Sheffer. Sheffer? Sheffer? Yeah. Okay. S- yeah. Sounds German. Maybe. I don't know. Mm. He's from Pennsylvania, so maybe oh. Pennsylvania Dutch. Could maybe. be. I mean, anyway. He had a, high, um, not a high school, but a, a childhood friend. They both were in the service together as well. And they and during the service, they talked about when they got home, they were going to hike the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> but his friend, Walter Weinmiller, he didn't make it. He died in the Battle of oh, Iwo wow. Jima. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. So when Earl got home, of course, he was depressed and struggled with you know the effects of the war and all that and mm-hmm. what to do with life. And he decided, you know what? We talked about hiking the trail. I'm going to hike the trail. So he got his stuff together. And in 1948, he set out. He flew down, or not flew, but he, I don't maybe he flew. I doubt it. He, he got down. He got down somehow <laughs> to uh, Mount Oglethorpe in Georgia. Oh, Oglethorpe. Which at that point was the southernmost start of the Appalachian okay, Trail. gotcha. Wow. Sure. And for the next four months, he hiked. Wow. All the way up to Mount um, Vesuvius. Had a, oh. had, Hadron, <laughs> Hadden, however you say it. Sure. K A T A. And there's no fast food places along the trail. No, and then back, okay. back in those days, there were no maps of the trail, no guides. What are you talking about? No maps. He had to buy at local stores like road wow. maps, and it had kind of a, a rough outline of the trail. And that's and so he got lost a lot. I'm going to guess that <laughs> yeah. happened a good bit. Yes. And had to backtrack. But four months later, he made it to the end of the trail. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
that's not where our story ends, though. Oh, it's not the end of the story. So in 1965, okay, he decided it he took would, him that long. No, oh, okay. <laughs> just four months. But in 1965, he decided he would start at the northernmost part uh, okay, sure. and hike all the well, way back not? down. Yeah, why not? That should be easier going downhill. Yeah, because he's going yeah, downhill. He's going right. downhill. <laughs> so he hiked it going up and hiked it back going down. Okay. These are through hikes, though. He didn't right. break it so up. So he or camped and all that. And yep. yep. Now, it gets even better. <laughs> Ooh, the suspense. On the 50th anniversary, so this would be in 1998, he became the oldest man to hike the trail, uh, do a through hike again. So this is his third time. Did he start in the middle? No. He's, oh, okay. So he, uh, he was the oldest man to hike at that time, 1998. Mm-hmm. He was 79 no years way. old. I know. Yeah, no. 79 years old, and he did wow. a through hike of the Appalachian Trail. To, yeah, over just over two two thousand miles. Yeah, n- no, uh, good for Sheffer. Yeah, that's uh, not my thing. But yeah, and th- he he died at eighty three hiking. Well, no, he, <laughs> said, he was born in nineteen eighteen, November eighth, nineteen eighteen, wow. in York, Pennsylvania, and he died May fifth wow. of two thousand two. Wow, yeah, that was so, a good yeah. long life, man. But so, hike see what you, hiking will do, man. It'll make you that's live a long time. So hiked it three times, as long as you don't get lost. That's just amazing. Yeah, wow. that's, that is a lot. Have you ever hiked it? No. Andrew started to do a... No, it wasn't the Appalachian Trail. It was another trail near it. We started, too. We lasted about like 100 feet. Well, well <laughs> I should take that back. We we did hike like a couple of miles, a portion of the trail in North Carolina. Well, we know the... Uh, the uh, maybe I shouldn't say their yeah, name. But, but uh, they do parts of it, yeah. Well, they... I think they're going to end up doing the whole thing eventually, right. but they do parts every year, and um, uh, eventually we'll, we'll go through the whole thing. Yeah, they have his original boots that he did to tra- in a museum Who? for the oh, okay. Sheffler, so he... <laughs> that, that's disgusting. Well, yeah, he's... Yeah. Why would you want this, I guess, his boots... Okay. Yeah. Well, and he also kept a journal. One of the things he, that he took on the original thing was his journal Mm -hmm. he actually when he started off on the hike he realized the tent was too heavy so this was in 1948 so they didn't have all the high-tech equipment right he actually mailed the tent home because he didn't he's like oh wow it's too heavy and he slept on a either the ground hammock or raincoat whatever because he wanted to keep the load light. Yeah, no kidding. And, um, he probably had a, a canvas tent or something, huh? Yeah, so it would have been pretty heavy. Yes. But he did keep a journal, and he took lots of notes. He wanted to be able to prove that he actually did the trail. Hmm. And so it was uh, oh. yeah, quite an amazing feat. Oh, well, cool for And him. then to do it at 79. Yeah. That's uh, a, <laughs> wow. So, Impressive. One day I'd like to do at least part of it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Before you're 79? Before I'm 79. Well, you got to get on that. I know. It's, it's getting up there. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 you're getting closer and closer every day. So. <laughs> well, Thanks cool. for that painful reminder. Well, yeah. We all are getting closer to that day. So, All right, Joshua. Why don't you go ahead and get us out of this segment? The Mike Charleston Show. Music with Sarah. What song do you like? All right, babe. This week, what is your song of the week? Well, I went back again. This uh, is I a... know people are going to get tired of the Wayback Machine. Okay, here. well, there's a lot of there's just a lot of things that I feel like people missed. This because... one is from 1986, 83. 
No, from 86. 86. And um, so, yeah, that's actually a long time ago. But um, this song is called I Extol You. I Extol You. And I know it. I mean, I have heard it on um, Hosanna Integrity. They have an album called You Are My God. Right. And then I've heard it more so, though, from Kent Henry. Right. It's on his Worship and Holiness album. Yep. But um, it's a song. I mean, when I was growing up in church, we sang this song. And um, I also I must have had the tape because it was before CDs were out. Yes. So, so that's an old statement right there. So, yes, I, I had the tape. And when I hear it, it just brings me back to my childhood and, you know, whatever. Just I know. It's funny that Day, you were just listening on that tape, and kids were like wondering what that was. Yeah. No, we don't have tapes. Well, it wasn't the tape, but it was <laughs> the same music, though. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we have it a lot more convenient these days. Yeah. Look, this isn't a very deep song, but it's a total praise song that we extol him, which is like the same as exalt him. Right. Uh, e- extol means to, to praise highly. Or to magnify, exalt, same thing. So, yeah. And I I like the verse. I mean, it just has one verse and a chorus, and it just repeats. And if you listen to the Henry version, it repeats a lot. Yeah, and people um, complain about the 7-Eleven songs, uh, seven words, 11 times. But there, I think there is a place for some of these songs. I mean, if that's all you listen to, it's going to be shallow. Yeah, well, this one actually, I mean, the verse goes through like so many names of God, Prince of Peace, Counselor, Merciful, Son of God, Lord of Hosts, Conqueror, Coming King, Ever-Living God. Like that's a lot of descriptions of who God is. And so I like things that talk about all the names of God or the things that describe who God is. So that's... And then I extol you. Right. Because so because you are all those things, then I exalt you, I worship you, I praise you because you are that. And so it's, it's a beautiful song, one that I think people should hear that maybe, um, you know, weren't saved way back when and right. ne- never heard it or maybe weren't even alive way back then. Yeah, and it's easy. So. It's catchy. It's easy to sing throughout the day. And uh, yeah. we, we talk about hiding God's word in a heart last week. Right. And so this is an easy one to just get in your mind. And like it just talks about Prince of Peace, Counselor, Merciful, um, Son of God, Lord of Hosts, Conqueror, Coming King. Right. And ever read. living God. See, you yeah, got it. That's right. And that's it. And then just, I extol you. And it does have a line in the chorus that says, all creation shouts your worth. And I like in the Bible, there are different times where we talk about um, all creation groans right. and expectation of something. I don't <laughs> okay. know. Right. Okay. I totally botched that verse. But anyway, but it's like, um, you know, and even um, if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. And it's just like, I don't know, just the thought of all creation shouting the worth of this God who who created all of this, I just think is... It's pretty, pretty incredible thought. So I Absolutely. think it's a great song. Well, cool. Yeah, go check it out. Uh, probably on YouTube because you can't find it in the stores anymore. It is on YouTube right. or, or, Spotify. or Spotify. I'm sure it's on Apple, Apple or whatever music, music right. thing you listen to. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's called I Extol You, a Worship and Holiness by Kent Henry. Or if you can find it, the, the Jose and Integrity version, You Are My God. Yeah. Uh, try to look those up and enjoy it. The Mike Charleston Show. All right, babe. Well, for this week's segment of your book, uh, I don't know how this can correlate to a man. 
Um, I think it could, but okay. um, anyway, this chapter lessons from childbirth is called lessons from childbirth, and um, breathe, pretty much breathe, breathe. Well, that's a good lesson. Yeah, yes, good. Um, if you spend any amount of time with women, um, you'll hear at some point they're going they have to have a childbirth experience. Everybody's going to want to talk about childbirth. Uh, yes. It's just yes. you know, it's something Sorry, ladies, we but we don't want to hear about it. But. Well, it's something we all can relate to, and it's interesting, and it's something that we care is a lot it interesting? about. Yeah, it is. Okay. Like because every <laughs> every birth story is unique. So every I mean, birth story. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like sure. every. I mean, I had seven kids, and each each birth story was different. You know, it's like I remember where I was. I remember it is what interesting happened, how I, some of these chapters line up with exactly what we're talking about. Like we're talking about the new birth. Yeah. And, exactly. Uh, so anyway. Yeah. So um, anyway, but. Um, when I was growing up, I wasn't really taught much about childbirth. And so when we started having kids, I, you know, I didn't know about natural childbirth. My mom had given birth naturally, but it wasn't something we ever talked about. And so, I mean, we had seven kids in eight years. So the first few, I, I didn't really. It was accidental. They just came out. It wasn't accidental, but I didn't really understand childbirth very well. Uh, What is there to, uh, what do you mean? Well, I I didn't understand like there are coping mechanisms, things that you do. Like you say, uh, you know, breathe. Okay. Well, that's great. But there's a little more to things that could help you through childbirth than. Mm. We um, just said, go, go in there and tough it out. Yeah, well, there are things that can actually make it a little <laughs> yes. easier. But the thing about childbirth is that when you're in that place and you, you're pregnant and you're about to give birth to this baby, there's nothing you can do to stop it. Mm. Like you can't escape um, what's about to happen. Like the baby can't just stay in you forever. So it's inescapable at that point, but there are things that you can do to make it a little easier and to make it not quite so unbearable to deal mm. with. And so we learned those things and that actually helps a lot. And so... Um, with this chapter, I was actually talking about in life, there are things that we go through and with our husbands sometimes, frustrations. Or what are you talking about? In theory. Oh, you know, okay. I don't know personally, <laughs> but um, anyway, there are things that we go through and it's like, well, you know, with marriage, there actually is an escape you can divorce. But for people that are like, okay, I'm not just going to divorce my husband because things are bad. Well, it's not even just divorce. You could check out. Well, exactly. Right. But there are things that you can do that can actually make it a little more bearable, make sure. it a little easier. And so it's like, just as in the same way you learn from childbirth that there are things that can help in marriage or even just in life, you know, mm. apart from marriage, there are things that we go through, you know, struggling with um, kids and not knowing what to do, you know, for homeschooling or how to raise them or just all sorts of things that we face. It's like there are ways that we can learn that can help us go through those things a little easier. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I do think that could be applicable to men as well. I, I guess they I'm also just still thinking things. that you just compared... You know, guys to childbirth and that you just have to endure and get through it and cope. It's not and, like that, but okay. there are there are times where things can be no, I difficult. Get it. I understand and exactly. So. Right. No, there, there are going to be moments quite possibly where it, you're going through a season where it, it might be a frustration. Maybe it's only a couple of days. Maybe it's a couple of weeks. Maybe it's a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, things can drag out for a long time. And uh, how are we going to deal with all this. Well, and also with childbirth, since that's what it's about, 
um, it helps to f- talk to people who have had children before oh, and yes. to read books or to whatever about from people that have had experience. Well, in the same way in life in, with marriage, with raising kids, it helps to go to the older people and to say, hey, you know, I see you've been married 40, 50, 60 years. Maybe these people have learned a thing or two and I could yeah. gain some knowledge from going to them and finding out what's helped, what helped you through because I'm sure at some point there were frustrations and problems. And so what helped you through? And so I feel like that can be a big help if we find out and then we apply those things to our own lives. Right. No, that's good. Anyway. Absolutely. Okay. Check out the chapter. It's what lessons you learned from childbirth. If you're following along, if you just enjoying it, that's fine. But you can get the book. You can run in flip-flops, but is that the best way? You can find it on Amazon or in the description below. And, uh, but anyway, all right. Thanks a lot. Hey, this is Joshua Charleston, the producer of The Mike Charleston Show. Thank you for listening to the show. If you want to follow us, we're on Facebook at Mike Charleston Show and Instagram at underscore Mike Charleston Show. Please support us on Patreon for exclusive content. This episode is over, but if you want more, check out the website at fellowshipofbelievers.org for more information. The Mike Charleston Show has been brought to you by Fellowship Believers.